What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 29th, and well, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently here this week, okay? So hear me out. There were a few technical difficulties when we were recording the rest of the episode. My audio, for some reason, my microphone setting was all sorts of fucky, so when you listen to the rest of the episode, my audio is going to be coming in pretty echoey. Um, Jake's audio... Perfect. I mean, the man is a professional. He shows up to to work ready to do his job with his microphone settings correct. Uh, so I dropped the ball on that one. But what we're going to do is we are going to start off this episode with our interview with the PLL's RJ Kaminsky. You might know him from his work with TLN in the past. He has now moved over to the PLL. Um, but, you know, when I was recording that interview, I was able to figure out the microphone settings. So we're going to give you the chunk of this episode with the perfect audio first and then uh, we'll hit you with the rest of the episode after that interview uh, where you know if, if you can bear through my echoey audio more power to you if not just skip past me because I say bullshit anyway and just listen to what Jake has to say but with that in mind let's start this episode off with our interview with the PLL's RJ Kaminsky All right, and with us right now, we've got uh, newly of the Premier Lacrosse League, uh, but most of you probably know him from his time with the Lacrosse Network. We've got RJ Kaminsky on the mics right now, coming to us uh, freshly out of Los Angeles, right? So, uh, RJ, thanks for coming on, and uh, hey, congrats on the new gig. Thanks for having me, Jordy. This is actually my first podcast ever, and uh, I'm super pumped that it's with you. Yeah, I mean, like most of your stuff, like like face right in the camera. Um, you know, I, I I don't I don't quite have have the face for uh, on video. So this, luckily <laughs> for me, this is like strictly audio. Um, you know, it kind of just just burn burn any video footage of this. But yeah, so uh, you know, how, how's it how's it feel? I guess a little bit to be on the uh, maybe like the the other side of the mic. I guess since there's not necessarily a camera here. It it feels uh it feels better. Um, I'm I'm actually wearing sweatpants and and white socks that don't really match the rest of my outfit, so I, I really don't have to worry about that. Not that I was worried about that with my outfit choices over at uh, TLN. I've gotten enough trash trash talk from guys like Kyle Harrison and Josh Byrne from 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 the outfits that I wore at TLN. So I've actually never been worried about that. So it's it's not that much of a of a of a perk. Yeah, the the trash talk with Kyle Harrison there, that's like uh like like there are some like big time rivalries in lacrosse. You know, you have like, you know, like a like a Syracuse and, and Hopkins or you got, you know, Maryland Hopkins, Maryland Navy. Um, you know, you, you got like all these like great programs that are going back and forth with each other. RJ Kaminsky and Kyle Harrison probably top five, maybe I'd, I'd put it. <laughs> Here's the thing with Kyle. Um, it's such an unlevel playing field since this guy has, first off, the, the first piece of, of content I shot with Kyle, we went to a store called Kip with Miles Jones and Kyle Harrison. And Kyle was a little bit new to the store, but it was where I, it, my, so Miles was the, Miles is the big Kip guy. He, he's the one who brought us there. But while we were there, Kyle told me about a wall that he has in his house. He actually has a rotating wall of Jordans that he changes with the seasons. Uh, pretty incredible um, to hear that. And then also to hear that he has 500 plus pairs of shoes in his house. Um, and he continues to get unreleased shoes from 
uh, from Nike and, and, and all different brands. He, the guy has the guy has everything um, when it comes to the shoe game. So I'm, I'm really up against um, it's it's really uh, it's really David and Goliath there. I've I've been buying like the same pairs of Air Maxes and Hirachis for like the past like six or seven years. Air Maxes for for you're you're a little bit taller, so like you don't have to deal with this as much. But like for for a guy like myself, I'm like five eight on a good day. Air Maxes give you like that extra like five eighths of an inch bump. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to talk to Kyle a little bit about what I, I don't know if I'm a guy who can pull off Jordans, but like if they give me a little bit of a bump, like that's that's definitely something that that I need to start looking into. And Kyle's actually coming to town this uh, this upcoming week. He wants to go shopping at Undefeated and a bunch of stores around there. So we'll probably do a vlog around that. Um, and maybe I'll up my up my style game. I didn't bring many clothes with me from New York, so uh, maybe I'll take some of Kyle's direction and uh, go wherever he wants to shop and, and get a little wardrobe upgrade. Yeah. Well, so you say come into town. So for you, to town is is now uh, L.A. So you, you just moved out there. You just uh... – taking your talents over to the premier lacrosse league. So, you know, how, <laughs> how, uh, how's the, how's the move been so far? And, um, you know, why, why don't you just tell it, you know, if people haven't, you know, if they didn't see the news, like just, you know, kind of let everyone know like what you're going to be doing there and, uh, you know, with the PLL, but then, you know, we can also just talk about what it's like being able to live in LA. Cause that's, uh, definitely not a bad gig at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the move has been, has been really smooth. The weather out here, I, I can't believe I, um, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm actually living here now. Um, I'm I'm coming from from Manhattan, New York, where the weather is either super hot or super cold. You're either sweating in the sauna of that we call the subway, or you're wearing three to four layers on your way to work in the morning. Um, so being out here, the weather is an absolute perk. Um, but but uh, just just to give some background from 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 the move from New York to to LA, I was working at Lacrosse Network doing. Uh, a weekly show called the TLN Top Five, where we'd have different pros on, having them co-host, telling a little bit about their backgrounds, their stories, um, and and getting getting our audience at home to know a little bit more about them off the field. Um, and that's actually something really similar that I'm going to be doing here uh, at the PLL. Um, now, now that I'm full time out here, um, the headquarters here are incredible. We're actually building out the offices uh, here and building some, some studios and workspaces and edit bays here in the HQ. Uh, we'll have a vlog on that coming soon, but, um, but yeah, by far the, the, the number one perk has been the weather. Um, there are absolutely no complaints on that front. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and like the, the work that you do, I think is like, it, it's like super like important for the sport just because, you know, like they're like, we say it all the time lacrosse sport of the future but like let's be real like it's not there just yet so like we got to like you know get more people interested in the game and like i think that the you know the shit that you do is like that like that's the stuff that's like interesting it's like you know like yeah like can like a sick highlight get some people like involved in the in the game you know like the the utah valley wave like are people going to be like drawn into the sport because of that like yeah sure but then like once they're in there you know, they're just seeing a bunch of guys out on the field, like running around. So like being able to kind of like take the helmet off, I think that that's like pretty important. Like, like lacrosse players in general, it's like, like I haven't met a single lacrosse player yet. That's like, like I, even people, you know, growing up playing the sport and like you grow up like hating certain kids. Cause like you grew up like the town over and you're like, quote unquote, like rivals. And mm -hmm. then like, but like mm -hmm. once you're done playing, like, like everyone in the sport is pretty, pretty cool. Um, 
Like, I think that there are like a lot of like really just like it's it's probably because like no one's out there making just like ridiculous money in, in the sport. So like everyone is just like, you know, like everyone's like playing for like like the love of the game and shit like that. So you get like cool people. So like you get to tell like awesome stories about like really cool people that are probably cool to work with. And and that's been the best part, right? So so since so probably when I started at TLN, you know, 15, 15 months ago and, and started my own show. Uh, which I launched at LaxCon last year. I did like a top five products. The the coolest thing has been really just getting to know these guys off the field. Because I think the first time I met Miles Jones, I'd never known what he even sounded like. I, I've only seen his I've, I've I'd only seen his game highlights um, and maybe a post game interview, like per, like maybe once or twice. But there's really not a tremendous amount of media that's created about these guys off the field that really really lets you into their daily lives or, or really allows you to get to know them. And that's, that's why I was super, super pumped about the opportunity at TLN because my, my, my full-time job was running social for TLN, but also just going out in the city and doing things with these pros and, and getting, those, uh, getting those watching at home to get to know them, whether that was reviewing pizza slices with Rob Pinnell or reviewing cheesesteaks with your boy Matt Rambo, your fellow Philly boy. Um, it was really, uh, it was really a dope opportunity for me to get to know these guys, but also just workshop, workshop a theme for my show to where the folks at home could get to know them as well. And I think that's what we developed with the top five, um, and being able to bring guys on the co-host where we talk about the top clips of the week in the lacrosse world. That's really the meat of the show, but everything around that is, um, is the stuff you really don't get to see from the guys, their personalities, them joking about whether it's their dog at home or whether it's, uh, whether it's some trash talk or some beef that they have with other guys in the league um, is by far the best part about working at TLN. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think, you know, like lacrosse, like, like I don't think that there are any like lacrosse players, you know, whether it's premier lacrosse league or, or like whatever, like, I don't think that there are any of them out there that like, like take themselves like way too seriously to where they're like, no, like, right. You know, like I'm not, I'm not like, like this is fucking bullshit. Like I'm not like right, right. You know, you, was, you see, you see, like you like come around here and like high energy, and you're like, like I, I just thought, you know, like you don't get those people like in lacrosse that are like, oh well, like fuck that. Like I'm not like doing this. So like definitely like really just down to earth people playing lacrosse, and and like what you get to do is just kind of like highlight that instead of just like you know people can again like Miles Jones like people can can love that you know he just puts his shoulder down and can like run through people and then just stick it like 115 miles an hour. Um, but then like, once you get to know like the, the kind of person he is like off the field, it's like, Oh, well like, damn, like, I guess, you know, I'm a huge miles Jones fan now. And then that's how, you know, you follow him in the PLL. And then that's how this whole like touring base kind of works. Cause like people are going to like, people get to know the players. So they're not like, you know, they're, they're like, no one's going to be out there being like, Oh, well I can't like miles Jones. Cause he doesn't play for my team. It's like, no, like, you know, no one really has like a team anymore. Like you just like follow those players. Hundred percent. My, my um my I think where a lot of my excitement lies is is the fact that I will be with all of these guys, all like hundred and fifty of these guys traveling weekend to weekend to a different city and creating media with guys from whether it's Kyle Harrison or Redwoods or um or Sergio Perkovic or, or I, I mean I. I, I, oh, and I, I want to take this time to, to announce a, a show theme that we're going to have that, that's launching this upcoming Wednesday through the season. Uh, it's called 20 Questions, where I go around with a pro and get to know them with, a, with 20 off-the-wall questions. 
it's a series that we launched. Uh, that I start, it's a series that I started filming two weeks ago in New York City. We got Sergio Perkovic on. We got Jerry Ragonis on. Trevor Baptiste. Trevor Baptiste is is incredible, by the way. He is he needs his own show. Uh, he, he's an incredible, incredible athlete, but then an incredible personality off the field. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, to drop this show on Wednesday. Uh, the first show we're doing is with Joe Walters. And we've actually got some pretty some pretty dope questions in the lineup. Um, I actually want to hit you with a couple of them, Jordy, and, and see, how, see how quickly you can keep up with them and, and, uh, and see how great your responses are. Um, so do you, want to, uh, do you want to dive in there with some of those questions? Are you ready? Let, let's get crazy. All right, let's do it. Um, okay, never use social media again or never watch another TV or movie. Uh, sorry, sorry, let, let, me ask, let me ask that again. Uh, we can cut that out. Never use social media again or never watch another movie or TV show? Uh, I, I guess I'd, well, like, here's the thing, because like, if I'm not using social media, like, how can I tell people about the the show and the movies that I'm watching? So um, I guess at that point, yeah, like, I I'd probably have to give up shows and, and movies, which I guess just goes to show a little, little uh, dealing with some like Twitter addiction here. So maybe that's, uh, you know, the first step is is to admit it. So I guess guess that's there we go. I'm I'm addicted to social media, and R.J. Kaminsky just uh, diagnosed me. <laughs> what it what annoys you the most, Jordy? Uh, I'd I'd say like loud breathing, like like you know, you like maybe like you're in the sauna, and, and there's just a, like a real loud breather in there. Or you're you know you're in the subway or something, and just someone's just like. You know, whether it's uh, I don't mind if it's mouth or nose breathing, like if you're a mouth breather, like whatever, but like keep that like keep that low. So like, yeah, keep it to yourself. Two more. Yeah. Guilty Instagram follow. Uh, I don't I've been following. I, I have like this like uh, th this big time uh, big time obsession right now with with uh, with just smoking meats. So I've been following uh, just a, a lot of lot of barbecue guys on on Instagram. So like if if you look at like my like most recent likes, it's just like all like pictures of brisket and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I, I guess so. But if it's not that, it's probably like one of those like meme accounts. Like a like a I, I don't want to give them any any publicity here. So uh, what, what's maybe like beige cardigan instead of fuck Jerry? Beige cardigan. All right, I I, I dig that. Also, for the rest of your life, no internet or no heater AC. Oof. Uh, I mean, no, no heater AC. Like I'll just if if it's if it's cold out, I'll just bundle up, buy buy some buy some coats if it's uh, if it's hot out. You know, maybe I'll just uh, pop pop the tarp off. And uh, but that would probably require me going to the gym a little bit more. So, um, which which could be a good thing. It could be motivation. So yeah, definitely uh, definitely get rid of heater AC. But they were able imagine, to do. It. People can could do it in the 1400s and shit like that. They probably you're 100 percent right. But can you imagine how tranquil your and and calm and peaceful your life would be without the internet, Jordy? I th but like I don't know what else I would do without like like I would have to like find like new employment and like. I was gonna say you'd I'll, be out of the job. Well, yeah, and like I I can be real with myself. Like I don't have like that many skills. Like so I don't know like what like I. I can't see myself like working construction or anything like that. So like I, I, I have like the internet pretty figured out a little bit here. So um, yeah, in, in terms of employment and just, you know, keeping, uh, you know, keep, keeping the bills paid, I, I have to get rid of, 
and getting rid of heat and AC, I, that would save so much money for me month by month. You're right. You're, you're actually, you're eliminating a bill in your life. That that's great. Yeah. So I think that that was like the financially responsible answer. Yeah, d- definitely. So, but those are just, uh, those are just a few of the questions that I threw out to these guys. And then I chop it up in a really uh, quick cutting format and, uh, and we blast those out on IGTV. Let, let me, so let me talk to you about that real quick because so, you know, if, if anyone, which, you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast right now, like you've, you've probably seen RJ's content before and the, the vlogger style of editing where it's just like cut, 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 cut. I, I want to like, how, how is that in, in terms of like, like the editing process? Like, is, is there ever a time like when you're sitting there editing and you're like, like, Oh shit. Like, like whoever, whoever came up with this style, are you like, God damn, like, why is this a thing? Like, why can't I just like let this one ride? Because like, when, if I'm editing a podcast, like I got like two cuts to make, maybe, maybe, maybe right. throw like a couple like transition noises in there, but then I'm done. Right. Um, but like for you, like you, you gotta be doing like, I mean, I, I would love to see like the work deck that you're working with there. Cause it's gotta just be like cuts all over the place. It is. It's, I'd say it's so much easier editing a vlog versus some like premium piece of, of content of like some maybe some profile on an athlete because you go in there and then you, you look for those gold moments, you pull those selects out and then you just cut them all together. And I, I think it was it was tough for me at first um, to, to cut out certain things and just have these like these blips and these cuts just from from one thing to something completely different. And then you're in a totally different place. And then you're talking about something completely different, but it really does keep the viewer engaged and show them much more in such a short time span. Right? So, so everyone has limited time. And if you can show someone and get them the gist of whatever you're talking about or whatever you're showing them in a really short period of time, then that's a win for you because they watch your content in full and it's a win for them and it's a win for them pardon me, so they can consume your, your full piece of content and then get on with whatever else they're doing for the rest of the day. One person I think, one person that I think does it really well is Katie DeFeo. Um, you can, she'll follow along, she'll, she'll bring you along with her teammates for a game uh, from everything from the locker room, the game, uh, off the field, and then whatever the team dinner is. And she'll do that in, she can do that in two minutes. Um, and you can follow along with someone's, in, and you can follow along with someone's entire day in in 90 seconds it's, it's pretty incredible yeah oh like i i totally agree that in terms of like getting people to like watch it in full because like no one you know no one wants to like sit there you know if, if you're doing like a, a video of like yourself on like a game day like no one's going to sit there and like watch you for like four minutes like tape up your stick or like something like that so like in terms of getting people to watch it like i get it but like like is there is there a part of you that's like god damn like i wish that people had like longer attention spans so that i didn't have to do all these cuts just to get people to you know to like not just click like next video on youtube that's a good question but i think i've actually i've actually fallen more in love with the style because it it really enhances the energy of the piece itself so if i'm cutting from 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 pro to pro to pro uh, and then we change locations and then we're playing uh, wall ball and then we're doing a shooting drill and then we're doing this. That's actually like, that's actually how I, I shoot now. So I, I, so just as quick as those cuts are, are, uh, are being made in the video, that's me on the field. I go from one guy to the next guy to, to another drill, to a fan in the stands, to, um, to eating some, eating a hot dog in the middle of the game. And I actually just, 
my mind's my mind's racing and my actions actually mimic how those cuts are going to play in the video. So uh, I've ac- I actually kind of dig the style. Um, do you? Well, well do you- I was gonna I was gonna say though because that makes total sense because another thing that I was about to ask you because like so I you know I I, I got to see you it like work in uh you know the final four last year i got to see working at LaxCon this you know a couple months ago and like when i see you out there you are buzzing like all over the place like you were bang 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 and like the whole time i'm like holy like how like how much like caffeine is this kid run like so like like you're like you're you're all over the place and it's like god damn like i like like i i guess the question is like one like are is that just like is that just like pure energy or are you like buzzing off of caffeine? And, you know, I, I guess the like second thing is like, like, do you have like times where like the camera's in front of you and you're like, I, I like, I don't have this energy right now. Or are you just like locked and loaded, ready to go? So that's, that's a, that's a great question. The two events that you did reference LaxCon and final four, those are like Christmas for me and, and our team. So when we were, when we were hitting final four and we're hitting LaxCon with TLN, we know that people are going to be so excited to, 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 to see us on the ground there activating in person because it's really only one of the, the few chances of the year that you actually get to see uh, the TLN team in action and engaging with, uh, with, with our audience that, that consumes our content. So for me, we w- I wake up those mornings and I am just extra amped to get out and meet as many people as possible because I know there's a limited window for me to to actually see and engage and shoot shoot uh, and shoot video with our with the with the folks that consume our content. So their energy actually, so I wake up with a lot of energy, and then their energy just propels me that much more. It's like shotgunning a Red Bull when I see some some kid come up to me and he's like, "Oh my God! Like the the video of you and Miles playing Fortnite that was so cool! Like I could totally beat Miles in Fortnite! Like X Y Z! Like that energy just." takes me to another level and then someone else will come up and reference something that something that we we produced a few weeks ago and you just say to yourself you're like wow those individual views that add up if your video gets 10,000 views um, you go oh that's great and all but that's 10,000 individual folks kids that are sitting in their room consuming your content with their attention all on you and the folks that you're having on your show uh, it's a really cool feeling so that's where the energy comes from yeah and because sometimes yeah, because I'll, I'll see you there like the very beginning of the day and you're already just cooking along. And then like by the end of the day, like I'm, I'm like, all right, like get me out of here. Like go home, like <laughs> sit on the couch, drink a beer. And then like I run into you again and you're still just like, like all over the place. So it's, it's impressive. And another thing I want to ask. So like, and also every time I see you out there work, so you you've got the cat in your hands, but it's like being held up to like get that like vlogger angle. I want to know do do you do any like shoulder workouts or anything like that? Because like I again like I, I look at you at the end of the day and I'm like, dude, like you've been like carrying that camera like above your head this whole time. Like how how are your arms like not falling off yet? So great question. I love shooting on the Vixia. It's a really small camera that they don't make anymore. It's called a Canon Vixia. It's super light. Like it's, 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 it's extremely light. I, it's like, it's not even a pound. It's, it's, uh, it's really light and easy to hold up. And that's what we use at those. Um, that's what we use at LaxCon. That's what we, we use at Final Four sometimes. But when you're holding, I will be honest, when you are holding a Sony uh, 6500 
or any other any other normal looking DSLR camera, you're holding it up with a Joby, the the spider looking thing uh, that you hold that's attached to the base of the camera. It it really gets old quick when you're shooting with a a pro and he keeps making mistakes and can't complete a sentence because your your arm is up and you're trying to minimize shake, right? You don't want the the people at home thinking that there's an earthquake happening and that they uh, they might need to. To, to throw up in a doggy bag in the middle of your video. Uh, so you're just like, come on, man, get the line, get the line so I can put my my hand down. Um, so I haven't done workouts specifically for that. I, I just try to shoot on cameras that are as light as possible and uh, and try to get it in those first few takes. Um, yeah, I, 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 like, I think if like down the road, like years from now, like if you end up with some shoulder problems, like keep in <laughs> mind, like keep in mind the, the specific players that like have been like fucking up some of their takes and stuff like that. Cause like, you could probably like hit them with a, a little, like they're, like their insurance should probably cover that. Like if, if they're the ones that are making you hold up the camera for that long. And also I, I, I wanted to hit the last part of your question. People do ask me sometimes like, Oh, like, you know, the, like, how do you bring so much energy every day? You're definitely not in a good mood every single day. The when you're shooting with these guys, they're not they're not creating their own show every week. Um, these pros like uh, we reference Rambo and Josh Byrne and Sergio Perkovic. These guys aren't in front of the camera every week. I am. So they're not extremely comfortable talking to a lens. I'm, I mean, and, and, and I know the podcast is, is more your thing over video, Jordy, but it is it is incredibly uncomfortable looking into a dark hole and talking to it and being genuine. And it's something that I've gotten better at over over the 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 year or two I've been doing it. But it's it's still something that it's still an absolute work in progress for me. But for these guys, they don't have the the confidence and the um, that uh, and, and that level of comfortability that I do in front of the camera. So I feel that the energy that I'm exuding, the positivity I'm bringing on camera, really uh, offers as assistance to them to to open up a little bit more and be there be themselves. So they're not just they don't just go into this deer in the headlights look when I uh, when I pull up on them with the camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that makes that makes total sense. And you know, I'm sure that there there are definitely some uh, definitely some guys who who are, who are a little bit more a little more comfortable with it than others. Um, but I think you know, again, kind of like circling back here. Like I think like it, when you're going around with the PLL like this whole summer, and like guys are just like you know seeing you walking around with the camera all over the place. Like I think you know, that, that'll be good. You know, more and more guys will start to get comfortable. And then all of a sudden, like all of a sudden we got like 150 vloggers playing in the, in the PLL and like yeah, everyone's guys making won't be content across anymore. They'll just be <laughs> It'll, the field with, with, their, with their cameras out. Uh, we, we, I, who, who, who would be, all right. So let's, let's say you, you need to make a, let, let's say it comes down to vlogger of the year in the PLL. Like who, who would be your top guys? If, so so I'm uh, so I'm looking at like a, a top five like Mount Rushmore style crew. Of, so yeah, so basically like the Twarton of of guys who can just get in front of a camera and go. All right, no uh, number number one uh, PR got to go with got to go with Paul there. He's 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 uh, been the OG in the uh, in the in the vlog world. Um, he's gotten incredible incredibly comfortable on camera. I mean, that guy can, can improv for days and, and, and keeping it, keeping a, uh, pardon me, keep an audience's, uh, attention span engaged and, and just, and just roll, uh, with whatever. Uh, so, so Paul, Paul's definitely in that group. 
Rob Pinnell has gotten really good in front of camera, Jordy. Um, he uh, he launched a YouTube channel. He doesn't. It's it's not often populated, but uh, but when he does get videos out there, um, he he can he can speak to the lens. And he's also he's up. also so, just a handsome son of a bitch. So like that that's really got that's got to make it easier. Like when when you look the way that that Rob Pinnell looks, like it's like buddy put me in front of a camera and and just let me shine. And so. Yeah, handsome, handsome son of a bitch. So, so we got PR, we got, we got RP three. I have to say, Trevor Baptiste. I, I actually want to shoot a show with him this year uh, for for PLL. He is the most charismatic, genuine, authentic kid, uh, and it's been a, it's 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 a pleasure every time I get to work with him. He's really great, and I love this whole speed shades thing that he's embraced for for his personal brand. It's been fantastic uh and he, he's just such a great dude so trevor is definitely in that list as well yeah t- the the one good thing about uh tv playing playing some box this year with the wings is like because he is he's he's like just like sweet as could be like just genuine dude um but then when he's out there playing box like you see him like kind of like snap a little bit like if, if you know someone's maybe like you know kind of kind of going after his wrist a little too hard like you can see him see him kind of snap a little bit so it's it's a good little good little change up but yeah he's a total total beauty for sure I'm trying to think about any i saw I so i hit three we, we've got three so far i oh, mean that's, I a, that's to, it's a I strong to, three i have to throw in kyle harrison he he was he was really one of the first pros i shot with i like uh, as i mentioned in the beginning of the pod i we went shopping with him and miles jones and he absolutely uh just crushed it and we, and we had this great chemistry on camera um, and it, part of that is just him being just an incredible, incredibly nice and authentic dude. Um, so Kyle has got to be on that list as well. Yeah, dude, it's insane how long he's been able to do what he's doing. Like you, you think about like, like, like go back to like the LXM tour. Like I, I think, you know, I, we're, we're probably similar. I'm 26 about to be 27. Um, so I might've been like maybe like early high school LXM tour. And like, I remember like Kyle Harrison won a, a national championship in Philly. And now here we are 2019 still just doing it. So, and, and, and Jordy, just imagine if he had, he had been what, maybe, maybe seven or eight years later and he picked up the vlog game super early. He, he would be, he'd, he'd be a YouTube sensation. He, he would be, he would be he would be the the top dog in the sport with with the like most amount of Instagram subscribe I mean uh, Instagram followers and subscribers he, he'd be right up there he would yeah he, he would have crushed it um he just came a, a little bit a little bit early to the party I'm not trying to not trying to age age you here Kyle yeah I mean we, we don't we don't age shame around here but nope. uh but I mean like you could have been big on MySpace oh my god oh i didn't think when i woke up this morning that we would be talking about kyle harrison's myspace on this pod oh my uh, god we need we need to figure out what uh what 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 songs kyle harrison had had playing on his on his myspace page oh my god they um, need to they, they need to figure out a way to to bring that back into some sort of social media just being able to put a song on your profile and but also on the myspace uh front i actually heard that a bunch of profiles were lost um, so a lot of people lost their uh, their photos and things and their their profiles that have just been sitting there for years. I know I I I went through like so many like different emails as a kid that I, I forgot like what my login was. But like I've I've tried every once in a while to get back into it, like just to see what life was like back then again. Um, 
but yeah, RIP um, MySpace. RIP. I, I wanted to say, um, I wanted to, in place of the fifth player, uh, I wanted to just name, I, I wanted to just name folks in the industry, uh, young folks that have really helped propel the, the, the sport forward with the, with the use of media. Um, I touched on Katie DeFeo earlier. I think what she's done, the exposure that she's brought to to the USC lacrosse program, I don't think I don't think there's been any. I don't think there's been nearly as much as exposure for the USC lacrosse program that that any other athlete has brought to their individual team um, on on the girls lacrosse front. It's been incredible to watch, and she's, she's continuing to grow. Uh, Mitch Pelkey, uh, I actually had a chance to shoot with him, shoot a top five with him in New York, one of my last shows. He's going to play ball at Ohio State. Really talented on the field, but he, he also has his own YouTube channel and he crushes it as well. So I'm excited to see what he produces in college. Um, and then Jesse and Stelios, um, Spartan strings guys, they launched a YouTube channel, uh, you know, a few, a, a good amount of years back and have continued to grow. And they're, uh, currently spotlighting their, what they're experiencing on their individual college teams, uh, on their YouTube channel and kids love it, man. I mean, uh, kids, kids really love seeing what it's like to be inside of a, a top lacrosse program, and those guys really bring it um, on a daily basis and, and give kids at home an inside look at those programs. Um, so, in place of the fifth player, I wanted to just shout out and plug uh, and plug those uh, those those three groups right there. There we go. That's future generation coming up, building up the brands. That's that's what we love to see in lacrosse. The future. That's Hell what yeah. we talk about all the damn time and if you saw the amount of people vlogging at the final four jordy like the amount of cameras guys what miles had a I, video guy Rob I, video I felt guy. i felt like super left out of the loop that i didn't have <laughs> like a camera in my hand like i'm just like walking around there like maybe like break out the laptop to like write a few words and shit like that but yeah they're like cameras all over the place yeah and and i and i hope there's something similar at this year's final four i hope there's double the amount of uh of camera and media that's creating the space that's being created in the space because that's what's going to ultimately drive the sport forward and that's that's my goal as part of the media team here um in uh on, on the in the in the uh in the pll world um that's what that's what i'm going to be continuing to to drive and push forward as we uh inch closer to june 1st bringing folks behind the scenes uh, throwing out different vlogs every week with different pros, telling telling the stories of new guys, not just established guys in the space um, that we that we chatted about. We uh, we want to tell some stories of some uh, some up and coming guys too, and get their names out there. Yeah, well, we're uh, you know we're we're pumped to see them all, and uh, oof, two months here until till June one. Two yeah, it, it's, two uh, months. It, it's it's coming up, man. And also, I I want to put you on the spot here. Since you asked me who who I think the top the top top dogs are um, in this as far, as far as being on camera is concerned, who are three guys that you want to see in content, whether it's leading up to June first or in the first couple week weeks weeks of the season? Who do you think would be a strong performer uh, for PLO vlogs? Uh, well, I gotta go. Uh, you you gotta you gotta get Rambo and Blaze together. Um, Got it. You know, I'm, taking, when, I'm taking notes right now. Rambo and Blaze get them together. When when those when those guys are together, they're um, you know they're they're characters for sure, and and they just uh, they 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 play well off of each other. Um, trying to think about who else. I mean, I I think I think you know two two of the funnier guys, two of the funnier bastards in the sport of lacrosse. Um, you know, maybe a, a little lesser lesser known. Um, 
but guys like Jerry Raganese and Nick Ocello are just like hilarious, like weird brain dudes. Um, very- <laughs> Jerry is really, I shot at 20 questions with Jerry. He is hilarious. Yeah. And, and just like, like guy, like they, they think differently. Like, I don't know if it's, I mean, face off guy, you know, so maybe like a couple screws maybe aren't like loose, but they're just in a wrong place <laughs> or something like that. Or, you know, maybe there's like a, you know, like a flathead trying to go into a Phillips or something like that. Um, something's not quite right there. Um, but, but it, it works out beautifully for both of them. Um, so I, I think that, that those two guys are, uh, in, in, in terms of just entertaining, like make you like laugh and make you question every aspect of your own life. Um, I think that, <laughs> that the, those are two guys that, that could definitely, definitely produce. Love it. And, and uh, I shot at 20 questions with Jerry and that's coming out and probably in like, probably like a week and a half from now. So he, Jerry gave some, some fire answers. You're, you're going to love that. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So the, the 20 questions coming up and then all of your, you know, player spotlights and everything like that. Um, where, where can everyone find it's, it's all going to be, uh, you know, on, on the social channels and, and the YouTube and everything like that. So yeah, 20, 20, uh, 20 questions will live on IGTV. We'll also distribute across Twitter, Facebook, uh, um, as well as LinkedIn. Jordy, Jordy, are you a big LinkedIn guy? Uh, I'm, I'm, when I was like getting like internships and stuff like that, like it's like still in college, I was a LinkedIn yeah. guy, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe like that's, we, we already discussed my Twitter addiction earlier in this interview. So like, maybe I can like wean myself off a little bit by, by hopping onto LinkedIn. I, the, the LinkedIn home, home feed is, uh, is, is something I, I try to stay away from it. I, I, people, people throwing inspirational quotes my way every day. I, I, uh, I don't necessarily need, need that, need that in my <laughs> life, but um but uh but yeah uh, plo vlogs lives on lives on our youtube channel um youtube.com slash slash pll and then uh, our instagram page is is the best place to keep in touch with us and then twitter is where we break most of our news twitter here's first um so we, we've got some exciting uh announcements coming up this week as far as locations go I was actually able to go out to uh one of the stadiums uh recently that that we're going to be hosting in um it's going to be great um, all right well great man make sure you guys follow all that make sure you also follow rj uh, at rj kaminsky on same same handle for twitter and instagram same, same handle you got it man there you go hit him up if you haven't already um and buddy you are it's it's the middle of the day you're in la so uh you know i, I don't want to hold you from from going to the beach so uh <laughs> I, I won't take up any more of your time but yeah in, in, enjoy that la lifestyle must be nice Heck yeah, man! And I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to get you out to uh, the PLHQ sometime this year, and we can uh, we can shoot an episode together. We can hit the beach. We can go. We can go hit a vlog. It'll it'll be great, man. Yeah, you can. Uh, I'll just warm me ahead of time so I can start doing some like shoulder shrugs and stuff like that just to warm myself up. I'll warn you, and and you know what? I'll I'll see you uh, in May. I'll I'll probably be at the final four as well. All right, buddy. All right, well, we'll talk to you. Make sure everyone follows around, and uh, yeah, looking looking forward to uh, June first and everything you guys got going uh, coming yeah, up Jordan. into then. Thanks, my man. Thanks for having me on. I'll uh, I'll chat with you soon. All right, we'll talk to you. All right, and now we get back to the rest of the episode where it sounds like I was recording from the bottom of an above ground pool. Um, but hey, you know what? 
that's life. And sometimes in life, you're going to have to battle through some adversity. So if you're able to sit there and get through my echoey ass audio for the rest of this episode, it's only going to make you a better person. And from what I've heard, it'll also make you a better lover in bed. So do the right thing. Listen to the episode. And yeah, if, if you need to shit on me for the terrible audio, again, hand up. That's on me. But let's get back to the full episode. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 29th. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With us again, we've got CMS at Call Me Shido on Twitter and Instagram. Jake, back at it again after a nice little week hiatus of, uh, you know, the, the first Thursday through Sunday of, of March Madness. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time to get people out there to watch college across, but, uh, Listen, if, if there's if there's any madness in the month of March, it's all Max Field, not a basketball court. Uh, I'm inclined to agree, although, you know, you really have to respect all the guys out there sitting in airport bars watching the March Madness games and, you know, betting their kids' college fund on, you know, whether a 16 seed is going to be the one seed, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, man, we've had great weather here in Atlanta, and I can't complain, so let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those people watching the games at airport bars, like, you know that they're also the guys that, like, have, like, printed out, like, a paper bracket. They're like, oh, oh yeah. Like, it, it, it's so much better, like, when you when you actually, like, feel the, the ink under your fingernails. Like, they're carrying around, like, five different color highlighters to, like, you know, whether they predicted an upset or not or. Like, shut the fuck up. Just yeah. watch the sports. It's like, buddy, like it's 2019. Like we have technology for a reason. I can fill out like 500 brackets online if I want to. And I don't have to carry around a single sheet of paper. Meanwhile, people are like carrying around like JK Rowling books filled with brackets. I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, people, people are stupid as fuck. So, yeah, well, uh, but yeah, so not, you know, not a lot of, I mean, there, there are a couple, couple exciting games. You know, maybe like Duke UCF was a pretty exciting game, or maybe you know people were, were kind of sweating out like Virginia about to lose to a 16 in the first time, or uh, for the second time. I mean, again, um, but you know, not not a ton of excitement in the basketball tournament. So if you go away from the basketball court and you look at what went down in the world of college across last weekend, and kind of carried over into earlier this week with uh, you know Denver and Princeton, just one goal games all over the place. I mean, let, let's let's just go back on some of these scores. You know, it, it capped off with Cuse with a nice little overtime dub over Duke. That was at a uh, yeah, I was at Syracuse High School, whatever. I mean, the the field situation might have been a little fucked, but the game lived up to all the hype. Uh, Ohio State they stay undefeated against Notre Dame. That's an overtime win for them. Uh, Denver, the Pios, they were on a receiving end of a one. Game Princeton earlier this week, but they just one goal on Saturday. Um, you know, uh, let's see, Penn Cornell that was a one goal game. The rest of these games, I mean, they're all tight, and and it just goes to show you this is kind of like a, a recurring theme here. But there's not a single damn team in college lacrosse right now who is just kicking dicks in left and right, like it is, it is a, a clusterfuck at the top of the rankings. Um, and and it's Parody galore. I, I'll tell you what. I'm absolutely about it. You know, I, I, you know, growing up and, you know, and even in a lot of other sports, you know, you got to watch like the same three teams, you know, 
like the fucking Golden State Warriors, you know, dominating shit all the time. And it gets fucking boring, dude. And now you've got guys like you've got these these teams are ability with, you know, like Syracuse, the beginning of the year. We're like, oh, man, you know, is Syracuse in the conversation. And then now they're fucking like rolling right now. It's scary. And then you got, you know, uh, you know, high point at the beginning of the season. They capped off two really, really, really solid wins over high caliber perennial powerhouse teams. And then they drop one at Jacksonville. You know, like you can't. There's not. I still I feel a little bad about that. <laughs> we had, we had. I mean, high point was buzzing. We bring Asher on the podcast, and yeah, and, and then like the, the wheels kind of fall off on that one. I mean, they'll they'll write the ship again, but uh, that's right. Listen to any to any future guests out there. Let's <laughs> that that's our bad. We'll uh, we'll be better for next time. That's right. We will. You know, and I and I I, I honestly think. Um, you know, this year, you know, and of course, it's a really fucking easy take to make. I think this year is one of the most exciting years we've seen in college across in a long time. Um, you know, we've really got some marquee matchups that are I think the tournament's going to be really, really, really interesting. And, it, you know, they always say like, hey, it's going to be about who shows up on tournament day. Right. But I think that's way more important this year when you're going to have most tournament teams. We're going to have what two, sometimes two, three, four losses. You know, that's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of like feel like like a little bit of a douche, like breaking out like all these cliches, but like yeah. literally anybody in the tournament can show up and beat anybody. Like you know, and like I'm I'm like thinking back, like like back when you know I was younger, watching the game, fan. You know, I, I look back on like you know what was it like 2005, maybe 2006 or something like Virginia. And I'm pretty sure like the year before that, Hopkins they were undefeated all the way through again. Um, but that's just like it's it's not what happens anymore. And um, you know we've definitely mentioned this on on episodes earlier. Uh, but that's just what happens when the game grows, when the game expands. Like there's there's not just like five teams at the top that have all the talent in the nation right now. Like you know there's seventy plus, maybe like 75, 76 teams, whatever, playing Division One college across right now. Like. 30 of them are loaded and the rest of them besides, you know, a couple, you know, a couple, couple shit bags. We don't have to name names here or anything. Um, but you know, the rest of them are all, you know, they can show up, put the ball in the back of the net. And it's like, like no one's going out there and they're just like, yeah, we're, we're going to run shit this year. Um, and yeah, I mean that like all, all those overtime games, like it, it's not, you know, it, it's not a coincidence that all these games are, are going into extra time. It's like, no, it's just there are like a shit ton of great lacrosse players out there. And now they're on, you know, 20 different teams as opposed to just like five, like it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Totally agree. And I was actually having, you know, uh, going kind of kind of tapping into this, uh, uh, you know, this parody situation, you know, as I, I was talking with somebody this morning about, you know, Michael Sowers and Princeton and, you know, would Michael Sowers be in the Tawarton conversation uh, if he was on a different team? And yeah, that's an easy take to make as, as well, but, but it is that important. You know, I think like, you know, I agreed with my buddy. He said that, you know, they got it. He feels as if, you know, you got to make it to at least the second round of the tournament. Your team's got to make it to the second round of the tournament for you to be, you know, you, you're that one guy has to bring the team to the next level, you know, and Michael Sowers, he absolutely did that the other, you know, against Denver. And it's, it sucks that they're three and five now, but you know, for, for one guy to be, you know, to be able to take over a game is really special. And when I'm glad we able to get, you know, uh, it's, it's almost kind of nice that Sowers is so good on, 
such a, you know, I hate saying mediocre team because Princeton has such a, you know, a, a repertoire and a pedigree. But you but know like... what? They, <laughs> it, it's been it's been long enough since like Princeton was running shit. Like, okay, thank you. So yeah, it, they're on a med- mediocre of, team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and like that's what's crazy. Like, you know, like I, I think you know, Sowers going to Princeton. I think that that was he was coming out of high school. He could have went wherever he went. I think he kind of saw, you know, hey, I'm gonna leave here with a Princeton degree. Like, right? I, you know, like we we can have, you know. I'm sure that he wants to win, but it's like if I go nine and six as opposed to like, you know, fourteen and one. Like I'm not going to cry about. It. I'm still leaving here with a Princeton degree. I'm still going to make more than you when I when I get out of here. So like, fuck off. Right. Um, but like, it does kind of suck that like, like Princeton just. I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think about like where they were when like uh, when when Bates was still there coaching before he 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 got the. Uh, got the boot for elbowing that kid on Brown, but I don't know, like that program, like I'm looking back, this is their third year now with Sowers. And I think that they've made it to the Ivy league semifinal. I think that that's like the furthest that they've gone so far. And I I don't think that they're going to go further than that this year. I mean, they've, they've already racked up a ton of losses, Um, but he's just so fucking good. But like, so I agree, like, like as good as he is, like, Jeff Teat's going to be playing late into the year. Pat Spencer's going to be playing late into the year. Granted, man, um, you know, and who knows how many teams the Patriot League can get in this year. But like Chris Gray and Boston could be up there as well. So it's it's uh, you know not only parity in in terms of rankings and you know who's going to uh, come out of this one on top Memorial Day weekend, but like parity up it for for Tewarton too. True. Yeah, and I, I yeah. You, this might, this might be, you know, I don't know if we're on the same page here, but I don't think Chris Gray, even though he's got 65 points, he's averaging 6.5 you know, points a game. I don't think he gets to be in the Tuarton conversation just because Boston's not playing a Penn State, a Maryland, uh, Notre Dame, Denver, Towson. They're playing like Lafayette. You know, like that. Well, I, 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 yeah, but I mean, like Lehigh and Loyola are, are, are both like solid teams. I mean, like you think about like, you think about these newer programs, like uh, you know. So let, let, let's let's see here. Like like High Point was able to get themselves going pretty quickly. It looks like Utah's on a path right now where they're able to get themselves going pretty quickly. St. Bonaventures, it's I like it's it's just tough, man. Like I I don't know like how you get kids out to that school, and it's like like you got to start winning games and shit like that. Like you, you guys haven't won a game yet so far. Like it's not like, like recruits aren't just going to be like, Oh yeah. Like St. Bonnie's that's like a place I haven't heard of before. And they lose all the games. Like it's going to be tough to get them. But what Chris Gray has been able to do at Boston is like Boston's a team now where they're, they're constantly at least in the mix in, in the top 20. If, you know, if they're not right there at like 19 or 20, they're at, at least like receiving votes. They're seven and three. So like, in terms of like Tawarton, like I agree, like it usually goes to a guy who's there playing Memorial Day weekend, and like I don't think that Boston's like a team like that. Um, but when you have a kid like Chris Bray who just can dominate games, um, and like kind of like what you said a little bit like Sowers, like kind of just like elevates everyone else, and then turns Boston into a team that's seven and three so far this year. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because like there's I I don't know like the exact. I should probably know this, but like the exact like definition of Twarton, like like is it the best player or is it? Like it says it's like the, it's like the best player in college lacrosse, and that's why that's at least my understanding of it. And to me, there's a lot more that goes into it than just you know six point five points a game. 
It's like, you know, what his effect on the team, like, is he a Cam Newton? Does he, you know, put the team on his back? Does he, you know, can he, can he do all of the things like, you know, Michael Sowers or Pat Spencer can do? Cause you know, Michael Sowers can dodge from X and he, he pulls a second slide. Pat Spencer can physically bowl you, bowl you over. He can also dunk. I mean, just saying, but like, you know, so there's a lot more that goes into it, but like the common factor in my mind is that no matter what, even like, I don't even know who fuck did they vote on it? Like a coach, like coaches vote on it or something like that. I'm not sure, but like the common factor is like most of them are in, you know, the quarterfinals of the tournament. Yeah. And And maybe Boston gets there. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, you, again, we, we've been talking about this. You never really know. Um, I do think that, like, I'm, I'm just, like, spitballing here. Um, so, like, the Twarton Foundation, like, if, if you guys are listening to this, I know you are right now. Um, you know, just something to keep in mind so that there's no, like, controversy moving forward. It really should come down to a dunk contest. Um, so, you know, you just have your five finalists there, line them up, and, and see who can throw down the hardest. So, like, you know. I, 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 think I think that's fair. I think the rim should also be like eight feet, you know, since, you know, we want to give everybody an equal advantage at the hoop. So that, I think, I think that would be fairest. Yeah. Yeah. Be, you know, we, we, we don't want to be uh you know, as someone who's uh, well under six foot myself, we, we don't want to be uh, height elitist here. So we don't want to give the tall guys too much of a, uh, but like, I'm trying to think like who, who else could probably throw down. I, I bet you uh Bernhardt Ken from, from Maryland. He seems like a, you know, just a, a, a top level athlete. Um, Brennan Sunday. Brennan Sunday's yeah. throwing that throwing that shit down like all the time. Yeah. You know it. He 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 might not even have to really jump that much. He can almost like uh taco fall it, just kinda yeah. throw throw down with this his feet still on the ground. Um speaking of feet leaving the ground though, let's let's talk about Sours a little bit more. That game on Tuesday. Um dude, he had probably my my favorite goal in actually no, because Pat Spencer's already had like a few of these with his dives. Um, but Sowers coming, coming from behind from X, um, obviously snatches a pair of ankles. Like he's one to typically do. And then as he's turning the corner, he, so he doesn't necessarily turn the corner. He just keeps coming up the alley, launches himself through the air. So it's almost like a, it's like a fadeaway dive. It's not a crease dive, fadeaway dive. And then as he's in the air, brings it low to high heat turn and rake um i mean it again it, it's just a shame that like princeton can't really put together like a full season here um because if we were able to the, the highlights that we would get from sours in the tournament would just be non-stop electricity like you wouldn't have to pay an electric bill for your house or apartment for months with how much electricity michael sours would bring to the table yeah, he's, he really is a human highlight reel. Like, he, he, you know, when it's all said and done, his, you know, college mixtape of of snatching ankles is going to be insane. And I think that Sowers is really a testament to, like, you know, the creativity, you know, the freestyling that, that, that has come to the game, you know, and that was really brought about by the Thompsons and their, you know, the one-handed play and that inside box play. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Like, he... You know, I, I was when I when I saw when I saw that goal, I was yelling downstairs. I was literally yelling at my TV and my girlfriend. You know, did everything okay down there? I was like, no, no, it's not. This is not okay. You know, he's he's in, he's insane. And um, also, I have to give credit to uh, did we did you did you also catch um, Jack Hanna with the uh, with the step back underhand low to high, just whipped it 
you know, same yeah. thing, you know, got his guy moving up field, step back, whoop, right, you know, literally. We, don't, we, don't really see, we don't really see the step back utilized that much in lacrosse. It's a nasty move. Like every once in a while we'll see it like, um, you know, so let, like let's say a guy's like dodging down the alley, but he's like he's down the alley in his opposite hand. So like every once in a while, like we'll see him like stop that alley dodge, step back, flip his hips back to a strong hand and, and then bring the heat that way. Um, John Clue. John Clue used to be the, 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 the master of that. Yeah. So, but like, but this one was more just like, like this was like a, like a straight up, just like basketball, step back, bombs away. See you later. Um, so like those were two like nasty shots in that game. Nasty in like a positive connotation. Um, real quick, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to bury the kid because I think he's a, a freshman. But speaking of nasty shots, but like a negative connotation, the end of the game there. Like this, let this be a lesson to to all you face off specialists out there especially at the D1 level when you've got just a filthy, filthy lineup waiting for you down there at attack, you know, Denver. So just to set the scene for everyone, in case you didn't get to watch the game Tuesday, uh, Denver, they score with about, you know, a little less than 20 seconds left to make this a one goal game ensuing face off Denver kid wins it, get, gets the clamp fast break the other way. Um, you know, to Princeton's credit, um, you know, whoever the LSM was on that wing was hauling ass into the hole um, as soon as he realized that Denver had won that face off. So he kind of, you know, he kind of rushed the decision there with, with how, how fast he was getting in there. Um, but this, this face off kid just decides to, to go high to high from about like at least 13 yards out, popcorn, game over, see you later. I mean, you, you, you got. Ellie Geis, you got, uh, you know, Austin French, Ethan Walker down there as, as your attack. Like, you, you got to put in their stick to end that game. It, that game can't end with a, you know, with with a shot, with a, a face-off kid with his, like, body going towards the sideline. So, um, I, I think right there that was maybe, like, I think that that was, like, a heat check for, for face-off specialists everywhere. Um, you know, I think that the face-off guys may have been getting getting a little greedy with themselves. Um but but that right there, that was that was the heat check that uh, turns out, hey buddy, that the heat's off. Oh man, I'm sure Tierney had some words for that man after the game. Um, from what I've heard about Tierney, uh, I uh, I don't think that it was a uh, you know what we'll get him next time type deal. I think it was a you fucking idiot. <laughs> and you know sometimes uh, you know, oh, man, there's something about there's something about Bogos. It's like you know, they're out there, they're in the trenches, you know, they're on, you know, they're getting dirty. They, you know, they think they deserve, you know, they think they deserve to take that shot, you know, and it's always at the fucking worst time, the absolute fucking worst time. And they're just, they're known for, it. I don't know what it is. Like it's like some sort sort of, you know, sense of, uh, you know, like, I don't, I, I can't think of the word, but it's like a, like a pride thing or something like that. And it's like, dude, you, you, it's in the name, face off, get off, not face off, shoot, get off. It's not foe, so go. No, it's not, it's, there's nothing in there about that. Just fucking pass the ball. Like you did your job already. We're great. We're grateful. Yeah. And I mean, like, listen, there, there are face off guys who can, they can bring heat and I'm sure that, you know, this kid can bring some heat as well, but it's like, I don't know. It, it's, it's just like, 
it's it's one of those moments where like I feel like this kid went out there for the face and like on his way out there he's like oh yeah yep I'm gonna I'm gonna fast break this kid <laughs> I'm gonna go down I'm gonna stick this I'm gonna be a hero we're going to overtime like Ethan Walker can have his time in overtime he can stick right. the game winner there but like I'm getting the boys to overtime here because um, it looked like he didn't even realize that that passing the ball was an option there so. Um, you know, again, and I, I'm pretty sure this kid's a freshman, so I'm sure you know it's. I mean, what, young, what were you? What were you doing I, I, when you were 18? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was getting stoned by goalies, and I was an attackman, so like I can't really talk in that regard. Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I just I just want that to be like the last time that we have to talk about a game coming down to a face-off specialist shooting popcorn, you know? So, like, moving on, all, all you, you know, college, high school, whatever, um, face-off guys, just w- when there's under 30 seconds left, like, maybe maybe just pump the brakes a little bit, find the open attackman, you know. First three quarters, shoot all you want, as, as long as it's not, a, a, you know, popcorn and a fast break the other way. Um, but but let's, let's not have one of those, you know what? I blame CJ Costabile actually. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, if if any of you uh, Denver fans out there are, are angry at the way that that one uh, that game ended last last there, well, yeah, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so last night, um, send all your hate mail to CJ Costabile. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll track him down. Well, come on. So, but CJ is such an abnormal case, dude. Like <laughs> he he did everything. I remember. Okay. So I saw CJ Costco before he got recruited to Duke. Dude, I, I don't know if I told you this story, but but he's he we had this guy who went to the all-star game. CJ fucking stripped him with a rusty gate in the open in the open field, just made him look stupid. And but CJ was so big and strong, and he was doing it with a long pole before some of the face-off changes. He is a special case. He gets to do whatever he wants, honestly. That kid was in, that kid was insane. Uh, but yeah, sure. Uh, we could blame him. That's fine. CJ, it's all your fault, man. I know you're probably listening right now. You're a big crease dive guy, I'm sure. It's it's your fault, and we're blaming you. So it's, you know, it's not it's, on us. I, I'm you know what though? Like now that I'm thinking about it, like that really kind of was the time where like like you really start like because for a while like there were there were always you know the fogos and but it wasn't like so specialized like you didn't have like these like seven or eight year old kids who are like training to be like just face off kids um but then cj costabile sticks an overtime game winner in a national championship and all of a sudden everyone wants to be the hero so the the butterfly effect that that goal had on the sport of lacrosse like we're gonna need I'm going to need to do some like deep diving on this one, but like, I, I think that that was, that sent a ripple effect across all of lacrosse. Um, and, and I guess, I guess, you know, for Denver, that, that ripple effect kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bent them over and, and slid it on right in, right in the booty there. Um, for Princeton though, I, I guess they're pretty pumped about it. I mean, uh, and, and now we have to, you know, now we have to wonder, wonder where Denver's head's at, you know, they're, they're, uh, they, they've made it through their kind of like gauntlet of games. They've got five more, you know, Georgetown, Villanova, St. Saint, Saint John's, Providence, Marquette. So like, you know, maybe, maybe they get tough with, with Villanova, but like, you know, they could win out and, and be a three loss team. 
you know, I, but I, like, I think that this coming game, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode. I mean, I think that Georgetown is, is going to be a, a real problem in the Big East. Villanova is obviously going to be a problem in the Big East, although they're they're kind of uh, up up and down a little bit. Um, and well, they got but, they got their dub on Yale, and they're good for the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, George, Georgetown is don't don't sleep. I mean, I know that they just lost to Marquette, um, but you know, again, we, we probably third or fourth time we've mentioned this so far. You know, anyone can kind of show up and beat anyone this year. Um, so, I mean, Denver. You know, now that they're heading into Big East play, it's not like it not it's not like it like gets any easier um, as opposed to the. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm looking around here, and like, like none of like the the top teams necessarily have it have it easy anymore. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're we're closing out March here this weekend and heading into April. May is going to be right here before you know it. I think that it's it's just going to be a uh, what's what's the word like jostle. I don't know, I, that that's a shitty word. Like, I don't want to use that word. Um, you know, but but maybe I don't. It, it's just going to be a. Uh, just a, a gong show for the rest of the season here as it has been since February 1st. Yeah. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I think that moving, you know, through the rest of the seasons, just kind of, we're going to be all kind of watching and waiting for the tournament. You know, um, I think we're going to get some, you know, the good thing is, you know, you don't have to worry like, ah, this, well, we're just waiting for the tournament where all the interesting stuff happens. It's like, nah, fuck that. We've got interesting stuff happening all the time. You know, like, per, like per week. Every week, dude. Like, you know, Syracuse is fucking rolling. I'm sure you saw Nate Solomon's, you know, fake behind the back goal. That was nasty. Just absolutely insane. Um, you know. Dude, uh, Nate speaking- Solomon is, is low-key one of the uh, just, like, swaggiest of the swag hounds in, in terms of uh, just going out there and kind of putting together like an animal mixtape. Like I remember last year he had a, uh, you know, this was a move that, um, you know, I, I, it's not like he like came up with the move. Like it's, it's been done before, but it's still not like a, like a mainstream look just yet, but he's like, he's coming up the alley from behind the net and then like goes for the jump shot, but then fakes it. The yeah. defender turns his head. He just tucks yeah. it, goes underneath, dunk. Um, so like that, like that kid's got, you know, you know, there are a ton of great lacrosse players that we that we kind of talk about all the time. Um, but in, in terms of like a a lesser known ish um, kid who's just like putting together just ridiculous moves, like Solomon is is right up there at the top. And you know, we also have to pay homage because he's a Georgia boy, not a big deal or anything. Um, also, I can't believe we, we've skirted this. We've talked this far without talking about it, but his high school was responsible for the quad BTB video this week. Uh, what, what school is that? What is it's, that? Uh, Cent- no, oh. it's Centennial high school. And, okay. uh, they were just at, I think they were absolutely dicking on this, uh, Peachtree Ridge team and just decided to get, uh, crazy with it. I'll give you a little insight. Um, their coach, uh, who, who I've met in passing very for great guy, nice guy uh, loves to keep all of his starters in until about three minutes left in the game. So they will run up a 23 to zero game in no time. So this, this quad BTB against a, a very like low key team, low caliber team was hardly surprising to me, but it was sick. And I have to give him credit for it. Dude, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, um, 
like those right, right now, those are the, the two goals that have quote unquote broke the internet for lacrosse this year. Um, the, the Utah Valley kid with the wave and then this quad BTB. The thing that really sets this quad BTP, well, BTB apart from the wave goal is like this was like, like, like there was so much skill involved in this play. Now, granted, you know, you, you said that they were playing like a lower caliber team, but that's not like, like the, the Utah Valley wave that kid didn't really necessarily do anything like that special. Like it's, it's not like he like cooked that one kid's ankles and like made him fall. Like, no, it's like that kid was like recklessly swinging for a rusty gate, took himself out. Then the kid waved. And then like the shot that he stuck was like this, like it, it definitely wasn't moving. Like it, it just went like stick side high and the goalie just decided to whiff on it. Um, so like the editing on that goal was like, super slick and everything like that. But like, that's the reason why that goal really took off this quad behind the back. Like, like when you see the, the face off kid throw to the point man on the break BTB, you're like, yeah, like that's, that's pretty sick. Like whatever's about to happen here, that that's pretty cool. Then when the point guy goes low with another BTP BTB, well, I cannot say that right now. That is a, that, that is a, are tough, you having a stroke? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I just got crossed up by Michael Sowers, and I've just lost my brain and ability to speak. Um, but then when he goes low with it, uh, with another behind the back, I'm just gonna keep going with behind the back here. You're like, fuck, that was sick. Like two of them back to back. Then the the balls on that third kid to go behind the back across the crease right after he had just received the second. Of, of consecutive behind the back passes, enormous testicle, like dragging on the ground. Um, you know, I guess these are high school kids. So I don't want to talk about their balls too much, but just so flat out, just like, fuck you. I am so much better than you and like watch it happen. And then finally it, it gets over to the lefty and like, that's the most unnecessary behind the back yes. out of all of them because the goalie he's already out of position you're catching the ball on your left like you're you're not like you're not giving yourself a better angle by going behind the back there like you already have your angle right there the goalie's already wildly out of position but it, you you just you cap it off with that final behind the back it's in, and like the skill that it takes to pull off all of those consecutively and for the ball to end up in the back of the net is just one of the um just one of one of the filthier lacrosse plays that we'll see in a while. Definitely, and I think you know the my the first thing I I thought when I saw that was the fourth guy. I was like, why the fuck would he do? Would he be left handed and go behind the back? You know, decre literally decreasing his angle. You know, the opposite of what you're supposed to do with the behind the back goal. But you know, it, I, I think it uh it's a it's a testament to these kids who are you know I know that you guys grow up with a fucking stick in your hand. Like I get it. You know, you play in your youth programs and shit like that. You know, back in the day, we were starting our youth programs. So by the time, by now, these kids have probably been playing with each other for, you know, maybe 10, 12 years. So, like, that's huge for them. And they probably, you know, they probably practiced that goal 15 times, 20 times, you know. And that's that's what's cool to me. It's like, ah, now, you know, now George Lacrosse is on the map, not because, you know, they – people think there's a fucking hillbillies with sticks down here. It's more like these kids can actually fall. So that was nice to see, you know, you know, put some respect on, you know, you know, the Atlanta kids name, I guess. 
uh, I, I, I just, I can't even imagine right now, like the anxiety, like, because like they, they definitely talked about doing that before the face off. Yes. Definitely. So, so like, but I can't imagine the anxiety of the lefty there at the end. It's like, all right, <laughs> like I know it's like, I know that if the ball is coming to me, that means that we just had three completed behind the back passes in a row. And now I have to be the fourth and I have to put this one in like, you missed the net there, and you are such a schmuck. Yeah, dude, they're gonna be like, "Hey, Brian, remember that time you <laughs> fucked up our behind the back goal that would have been Sports Center top ten? You remember that? Yeah, that kid uh, probably would have had nightmares." Uh, well, I mean, it, it was it was a highlight that took over the again another one of those ones that just got picked up by like every you know like big social media outlet, um, and you know one one of those outlets the lacrosse network um which kind of brings us into our interview for this week uh formerly of the lacrosse network he is now taking his talents over to the premier lacrosse league as a content creator and host we've got rj kaminsky on the podcast coming up next talking to us about his fresh gig with the pll and just uh, some some lax content in general so let's kick it on over to rj all right, and thanks again to RJ for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, you can check out a lot more from him as we get closer to the PLL season. Uh, so, you know, he'll again, we, we mentioned it in the podcast, but he'll be doing a, uh, you know, he'll be all over the place doing uh, social media work for them. You can also follow him on Twitter at RJ Kaminsky. Um, so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the PLL, there are, um, you know, they obviously haven't played a game yet, but they're doing everything right that they possibly can be in, in terms of just getting the word out there, getting the right people involved. Uh, so big things for him in the summer, but big things for the rest of us this weekend as we've got a loaded schedule of college lacrosse. A um, cu- couple games tonight, we, we got, uh, you know, Richmond traveling out to Virginia. Um, Binghamton at, at Stony Brook. So, you know, if, if if you're looking to watch them lacrosse tonight, there are a couple games to be played. Not exactly, you know, uh, just like marquee games. Uh, but I, I hope you get, get some good sleep tonight because starting at noon on Saturday, we've got the Syracuse Orange. They are getting on a bus for the first time in the 2019 season, they are finally playing an away game after I believe seven home games in a row to start the season. They head over to South Bend and it is the Notre Dame Irish favored by one goal over Syracuse right now. Um, Notre Dame coming off of that loss against Ohio state Syracuse coming over the, coming off of that overtime win against Duke big matchup here in the ACC. And, uh, you know, both these teams right now are, uh, you, you know, they're, they're, they're in the thick of it. Yeah. And Syracuse is rolling, dude. Um, Syracuse is really coming together. You know, Brennan Curry, our boy, Nate Solomon, um, Stephen Rafis, like these guys are, are, are really, they've, they've turned on the jets. Um, I think this one, I think this one goal line's fucked up. Uh, I think they've got. I think they've got Syracuse real fucked up. I think Syracuse wins by four or five. Right. See, I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't see. I think Syracuse is hot right now, and I think they're going to take that energy into their first away game. And I, I don't think it's going to be close. 
That's my that's my I'm gonna I'm gonna be stupid right now. I'm gonna say it's not gonna be close. <laughs> I I I mean I, I I love the stupidity. Um I, I think that that just being being reckless is is what college lacrosse is really all about right now. Um but that is a reckless call because I, I just think like both of these teams are like neither of these teams are necessarily blowout teams. Um, you know, you, you look at what what Syracuse has done so far this year. Uh, like they're, they're cardiac cues for a reason. Um, so in terms of ACC games, they had an overtime loss to Virginia and now they've had an overtime win over Duke. So, um, you know, when Cuse is playing these ACC games, like they're, they're always going to be a little tight. Um, I, I'm right there with you, though, in, in the in the fact that you know this team is buzzing right now. Like, if it wasn't for a Virginia overtime win um, at, at the beginning of the uh, at, at the beginning of the month, I mean, this is a six and one Syracuse team after losing the opening game to Colgate. Um, so, you know, I, I think if if this was a home game for Syracuse, they're eighth, they're eighth in a row. Um, you know, I, I think you can maybe give Syracuse the like. You know, maybe like minus two, um, but you know, Notre Dame would cover. It's, it's going to be a one goal game either way. Um, I don't know though. Like, I, I'm 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 right there with you. This this team is is cooking right now. So I, I don't think that you know traveling to the to the Midwest is necessarily going to stop them. Um, but I do think you know the fact that they're going to have to, you know, the, what they'll they'll get on a flight for that game. Um, you know, I have to get all kind of kind of out of order a little bit on the road. So I got, I got Syracuse coming out on this one on top, uh, but I think it's definitely going to be going to be a tight one. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. Um, it's, it's just the ACC. It's just so like, like no one is just cooking anybody else. Like it's it, all these games are going to be, you know, even for, for Notre Dame. So they, uh, you know, they lost by two to Virginia. Um, I think that's their only, uh, their only ACC game to date, but like Maryland, they're like, you know, they're, it's still, it's still hard to think about Maryland as big 10 school. Like that's come on. You're, you guys aren't fooling anybody. You're ACC. And that was a, a one goal win over them. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think that this is going to be a tight game. I do like Syracuse to keep this one rolling. Um, moving on, on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, a couple other, you know, a lot of, lot of really good conference games, um, you know, th- this weekend, you know, Hofstra Towson, that's going to be a good one. Um, I think Loyola Colgate is going to be one of those matchups where, um, you know, people aren't necessarily paying that close of attention to Colgate. Um, but you know, they're, they're a team that's definitely going to give Loyola. I mean, if this was like a weekday game, uh, you know, I hate to keep bringing it up, but if this was a weekday game, I think that Colgate keeps that one super close against Loyola right now. It's a, you know, five and a half goal spread. So, you know, I think that they could still keep it, uh, you know, within that, within that five and a half. Um, but the, the bigger game that we're about to talk about right now, we alluded to it earlier in the episode, we've got Georgetown traveling over to Denver, a biggie showdown. I think this is a game between like this will probably, depending on how like the, the seating works out, probably end up being our biggies championship game. This year. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, you've got two guys on, you know, Daniel Vaccaro and Jake Carraway on Georgetown's team who are, you know, uh, they both got over 40 points this year. Uh, so you it's not like they don't have ballers. 
Um, you know, Denver is going to be hurting after that after that Princeton loss. Um, it's gonna it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Georgetown Georgetown's offense uh, matches up against Denver's D. You know, Denver's D is big and strong or quick. Um, they play good team D. So uh, I don't know. I'd love to see Georgetown sneak one sneak one past uh, Denver, but you know, I think Tierney's going to have the boys locked up. You know, they 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 snuck past Houston and they. They snuck past Towson and they lost to Princeton. So, like, you know, I'm sure that ass chewing after the Princeton game, you know, maybe maybe it puts a fire under the boys' belt. Yeah, I, I think I think if if uh, you know, if I'm Georgetown, like I'm a little pissed off at Princeton right now that um, that they just knocked off the the Pios there because like that's you know especially like in Tierney's like homecoming to or one of his homecomings to Princeton. Um, you know, I think that that's a game that like Denver like probably wanted to get for for Tierney, but they just uh, you know weren't able to pull that one off. So like now the boys are definitely going to come out with with some extra juice, especially at home against Georgetown. Um, but like the you know the, this Georgetown team is a program that like they were in the shitter for a while, which like really sucked because it's like um, you know Georgetown's one of those those programs where like you know I was growing up, you know they had like. Know, guys like Kyle Sweeney, guys like Brody Merrill, like some some real like legends come through that program. Um, you know, the fact that they they've been like so down for for a few years now, I think that this is like finally the year where they kind of turn the corner. But I think that their win over Denver it will come in the Big East Championship game. I don't think that it comes uh, this weekend. So Denver, they are two and a half goal favorites over Georgetown. I I, th- I think that they I think that they come out buzzing and I I think that they they probably they could probably get a, a nice little three four goal win here. Okay, so now okay, so let's so so maybe all right, let's let's go this way. So does Georgetown throw this game so they can see them in the is it is you strategically go in and say oh fuck this game we don't even give a shit like we're just gonna play loose like we may even throw our tunas twos and threes. Because we'll see you in the biggest championship. Like it's not going to fucking matter. Do they? Do they do that? Is that your strategy? Well, it it depends on what they're you know. Because again, I, I've mentioned this one a bunch of times on the podcast before. Like, I if they know that Tierney loves to throw the Big East tournament and like he doesn't give a shit about you know getting the uh, you know the AQ there, um, then maybe Georgetown puts a little bit more stock into this game. But like, if they don't realize that tyranny doesn't give a shit about the big East tournament, like I you know, play possum here, um, you know, just be like, Oh man, like you guys really rolled over us uh, uh, this time. And then like, you know, come, you know, they're, they're just, they're just hustling them, you know, cause then they show up in the big East championship game and it's like, ha, ah, fuckers. Like you thought that you were going to roll on us by like seven again. Turns out no, like we've got some studs of our own. And uh, we're, we're ready to take it to you. So it, it just depends on like how well they know Tierney's MO, you know, but it definitely wouldn't be a bad idea to play possum here. No, I definitely don't think so either. You know, it's turned out great for a lot of players. So, you know, a lot of teams. So I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. And uh, speaking of interesting, uh, actually, this one doesn't really interest me at all. For some reason, I just can't get on board North Carolina. I just never really happened. Um, but Duke, UNC, again, North Carolina. Rivalry game, man. Rivalry game. Come on. you got to yeah, throw some stock into a rivalry game. Tobacco Road. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, put put Zion out on the field, and I'll care about this game a little bit more. 
Um, I don't know. North Carolina is just one of those. It bothers me because like they're UNC and like they're in the AC, like they're a blue blood program. So they get like so much slack in terms of like, like rankings and shit like that. But like, you can't go out there and get waxed by Maryland, uh, you know, what was it? 16 to nine. And, uh, you know, still call yourself like a, you know, like a true contender. Um, so I, I kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Duke just lays a beat down here just to kind of, um, you know, finally put a, a little, little dagger in, in UNC here. I don't know. I like, I don't have anything against like any of the players that ever went to UNC, but it's just, I don't know. I, the program for some reason just bothers me. Like how much, you know, how, how much the rankings always just like keep them around for way too long. Oh, you know, I, as I mentioned on the podcast before, it's like I, I can't physically bring myself to root for Duke, so I have to root for Carolina. Um, I mean, but you're right, though. Carolina really hasn't shown us a whole lot. You know, they, they only beat Furman by four. They only beat Cleveland State by six. So, And their last four games are fucking are a gauntlet. So, you know, Duke, Virginia, Syracuse, Notre Dame. So, you know, they're getting into their, you know, the rest of the, um, you know, their ACC play. But – I mean, it, this could be just be one of the years where we see Carolina going like, you know, zero and three, one and three in uh, in conference play. Yeah. I hate just I hate to see it, you know, because I I love the heels, but you know, it 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 happens, right? You know, you get a sixty however million million dollar facility that you get, and then you just like, ah, oh, this is cool, and we'll just you know play in it or whatever. We don't have to win games. <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, you know what? My my official pick though it is a home game for UNC. They are playing in their new facility, so they'll they'll probably end up keeping it tight. So three might be a, a little bit of a little bit of a hefty line there. So I'll I'll go ahead and give Carolina the the plus three, but I'm not not necessarily rooting for it. Um, that'll be a good national championship matchup though for the basketball tournament. Um, but you, you mentioned this right, right before, um, but that, you know, UNC, they had a 15 to nine win over Cleveland state followed up with bullied this game on Sunday coming up the number one Penn state Nippy lions. They're coming fresh off of a 15-11 win over Cleveland State. Um, you know, that was their first game in like two weeks. But so they're now following a win against Cleveland State with a game against Maryland. So it, it obviously didn't work out in the slightest for UNC. Number one, Penn State. Number three, Maryland Terps. This is a Sunday at 7 p.m., this is the marquee matchup of the weekend. It'll be on the Big Ten Network, and it is the Maryland Terps favored by one goal over Granamet, Mac O'Keefe, and the Nittany Lions. Will we have Penn State number one in the rankings for a fourth consecutive week here? Gun to your head, yes or no. Or maybe. Maybe. Uh, I say I, you can't because I mean a, a strong strong guess, right? You know, maybe. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I think that if we're going to play consistencies here, uh, the number one, you know, the number one ranked team does not stay number one ranked, uh, you know, at all. That's been like our kind of like one rule this year, uh, our one consistency. So I say Maryland, you know, edges Penn State out. Now, is this is this going to be a low scoring game? 
Absolutely not. I think, you know, could we see a 40-point game here? I don't know, but we're getting close, and I, I would love to see one. So maybe we get like a 21-20. You know it's it's Sunday night. It's seven p.m. Goalie, like people are going to be watching this game. It's it's on BTN. People are going to be watching this game. People are going to be invested. So you know what, goalies, quit being selfish. Give the people what they want. Give us a forty goal game, please. Like let's that's all we're asking for. You know, you guys have got your you know you got your rankings. You know, you're one and three. Like what more can you ask for? Yeah, it's honestly it would be like super super selfish of these kids to to rob us of of a game like that so um you know and you, and you look at the numbers that that maryland is is putting up as well i mean 16 goals over north carolina 17 over villanova um you know 14 over a you know an albany team that's been struggling a little bit this year so i mean they, they can they can put up these big numbers against big time teams um you know and then obviously like we don't need to mention what what Penn State has been I mean Penn State has already had two games this year alone where they've put up more than 20 goals granted it was against Robert Morris and Jacksonville so it's not exactly the same competition that they'll have this weekend against Maryland but you put up 20 goals against anybody in division one college across like that's an offense that is is in the kitchen cooking up something spicy yeah, I can I, like, I can't agree more. A lot more. of jalapenos in that offense. Maybe some like you know some uh, habaneros. Like I I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that there are ghost peppers in there like just yet, but like there there could be could be a little hint of ghost pepper there depending on what happens this weekend. Uh, that's true. You never know. Uh, I think you know last spicy game I might throw in there um, just for contention uh, Ohio State uh, weird being in the top five weird seeing them in the top five but they are undefeated and we give them credit for that I do give them credit for that we uh, we have um, previously shamed them for their schedule on this podcast which is okay because they've proven us wrong um, Rutgers is a team that won't go away though I think that Rutgers may is going to play this one close I think the three the, the the three goal line is generous. I think that Ohio State shouldn't be ranked four, but rankings don't matter as we've seen. So, where are we with that one? Yeah. Well, so so we talked about this before, where you you really don't want to be ranked number one in the country, at, at least not in you know at late March, early April. Like you, you can be like number one as we get closer to May and then you can just ride that out through the rest of the tournament. Uh, but you really don't want to be a, a, a top team in the rankings just yet because it just means that you're going to fall off eventually at least, you know, one or two. So I think that this could actually end up being um, one of those games where Ohio State's like, you know, like shit, like if we win this game, we're eight and no, depending on what happens with, uh, you know, Penn State and, and Maryland later in the day, because this is also a Sunday game. I believe that this one is at 1 p.m. You can catch it on ESPNU. Um, but depending on, like, what happens in that game, like, if Penn State loses, like, you never know. Rutgers could be up there at 1. I, I don't think they would jump that far. I think you would probably put Maryland or Yale still above them. Um, but, I mean, like – Again, like Boston's a, a solid team, so they they got a big win over them. UMass is you know decent. Um, Marquette just beat Georgetown, they, and then that win against Notre Dame. So like, you know, some of those wins earlier in the year didn't look like quite as good as they would right now. Um, but you know, so they have like a few like quality wins in there. 
Um, so yeah, I, I guess, I guess if you beat Rutgers, like you at least have to put, you at least have to give like Ohio state, like a vote or two for top in the, in the country. So I think that that's, it would almost be in their best interest to lose now and then come out and like beat Penn state Hopkins, maybe like lose to Maryland, beat Michigan, decide what you want to do in, in the, in the big, uh, big 10 tournament. But yeah, th- this might be one of those games where it's like, all right, like, we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves on March 31st. Are there 31 days in March? Yes. Yeah. March, March 31st. You, you don't want to be, you don't want to be hitting your peak March, March 31st. Uh, that's true. Uh, I, t- I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Like, you know, maybe save it for the, save it for the end. Um, but I, it's weird seeing Ohio state number four. Um, but again, that, uh, I guess that's, you know, that's a tale of, of parody in college lacrosse nowadays. So, you know, I yeah, mean, it's weird. But, it's it's odd seeing Hobart at nineteen. You know, but here we Hobart. are. So, I so I agree with you that that the that three goal spread is is a little thick. So I do think that Rutgers, regardless of the outcome, definitely keeps it close. This you know this will come down to one or two goals. So, um, my final picks for this episode. So I've got I've got Hughes. Plus one against Notre Dame, and and, and I I probably hit a, hit a nice little money line there. Um, I have uh, Denver minus two and a half over Georgetown. We've got uh, we've got Maryland minus. I think that's that's probably where I'm ending up there. I think that that'll be probably like a one goal game, so that, that'll be a push there. But we got Maryland minus one against Penn State, and Rutgers keeping it tight against Ohio State, so they'll cover that plus three. Um, where, where were you at on those ones? Uh, I think I had. I think I agreed with you on Q's. Um, I said I don't think we made a decision about Carolina Duke. We said it would be closer. Um, and then I said, um, I would take the plus three with Ohio state Rutgers, but I think it would be, it's going to be a close game. And then I think I agreed with you, Maryland over Penn state. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, we, we, we've been, we've been plenty wrong so far this yeah. uh this college lacrosse season but if if you're dumb enough to trust us with your money find yourself a bookie and uh those are those are your plays this weekend um before we wrap things up here just a couple other you know good games just to you know if, if you've got nothing better to do this weekend besides be a total lax rat um but you know lehigh boston that'll be a good game that is saturday at two uh penn and yale so that's a, that's a i'd have to you know, make it out there. That's a home game for Penn right here in Philly, but that is at two thirty. Um, looking around here at the rest of the schedule, I mean, the, those are you know, so so the 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 low key marquee games: Colgate, Loyola, um, that that Yale, Penn, BU at Lehigh, and then obviously, as we just mentioned, Rutgers, Ohio State. Maybe not like the sexiest matchup you'll ever see in the world. Um, but it's definitely a matchup that you can take home to mom and dad. Agreed. Lots of red. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really do not like Ohio state's get up. So that again, I've mentioned that before. That's something that just still bothers me about them being like a, a top tier program is they just, 
don't look the part. Totally agree. I think uh, I think that they've as pretty much as long as I can remember, always have had trash uniforms. Yeah, not not great. You know what, Ohio State, you're listening to this right now. Some someone someone designed something sexy for this game. Um, you know, got got to keep it tight. Got to keep it sexy. Keep keep everyone involved there. So we'll we'll start talking about you a little bit more when we can uh, physically bear to watch you with our eyeballs. Uh, that's but, true. It may not. It may not be soon. It may not be ever. But you know, if you're gonna, you know, you need to put forth that effort to get us to watch. Yeah, I mean, they say be the change that you want to see in the world. So like, maybe we'll just have to design it for them, and and then we'll get things rolling. Because you know, I think that for future generations, like we want to leave the world a better place than it was when we first got here. So um, as long as we can fix Ohio State's uniform situation, that will definitely be a plus to the rest of the lacrosse world moving forward. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap up this week's episode. So, um, you know, again, as always, find yourself a couch, maybe even a couple friends if you have them. Get crazy on some bang energy. Just load up, shotgun them, and uh, you know, just put yourself in front of a couple screens and and let's watch some college lacks all weekend long. And while we're watching those games, we are forever and always keeping it low to high to the day we die.